The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. The Broncos Blitz Podcast. News and analysis to help you be a better Broncos fan. Welcome in to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K, radio on Twitter. We're today on the Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. We'll talk a little bit sports betting. We'll also get into your AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. And Drew Locke, locking in or locking on, or maybe a little bit of both. I'm going to dissect what I thought of Drew Locke's performance in his return from the shoulder injury. And then we're going to hear from a former quarterback as well, too, who's going to give his thoughts on young quarterbacks in general and maybe a little bit of a syndrome that Drew Locke is dealing with today on the podcast. But first, of course, I want to tell you about uh, what we've been got going on on the podcast. And, well, you can take it on the go. Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, MileHighSports.com. You can also check out, of course, MileHighSports.com for some great Bronco writing from Rich Kurtzman, Doug Ottawill, Zach Seegers, and, of course, previous archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast from Mile High Sports. I want to congratulate Brandon McManus, your AFC Special Teams Player of the Week for back-to-back games. Now, of course, not technically back-to-back weeks because Denver played the bye, of course, last week. But Brandon McManus, after going 6-for-6, wins the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week in that 18-12 win. It's his second consecutive game winning the honor, his third overall He won it back in October of 2015 uh, when he was the AFC Special Teams Player of the Month back, uh, like I mentioned, in October. Now, longest tenured player on Denver's active roster, McManus, 163 of 196 so far in his career. That includes a postseason and a percentage of 83.2 conversion rate. That represents the best mark in team history should be noted as well too. McManus converted two field goals of at least 50 yards 52 and 54 he is now tied with Justin Tucker for the most career games in NFL history with multiple 50 yard field goals and I tell you what I'm going to take a guess and say that uh, this is looking like a player who's going to break that number Uh, McManus set the single game franchise record with the six field goals made from 45 44 27 52 20 and 54 and of course contributed to all 18 points that game that's just the 32nd time in NFL history that a player attempted uh, that many field goals six of them without a miss so very cool to see the uh, uh, honor go to Brandon McManus, a energy guy, a team guy, and a terrific kicker, a guy who it was widely speculated about how much money you should really give this guy when they gave him that contract. I'll be the first to tell you I was a little iffy on it, but uh, I have eight in my crow. This guy has totally uh, performed well this year, and really, <laughs> you know, we joked uh, on Twitter during the New England game. Field goals ain't going to beat New England. Field goals ain't going to beat Hoodie. Well, turns out they did. (laughs) They had six of them. 18 points enough to beat the New England Patriots. So bravo to Brandon McManus. A nice job well done, money well earned. And uh, he's maybe active again because Kansas City on the horizon, hopefully kicking shorter 
field goals in the form of extra points this time. Now, a big reason why Brandon McManus had to kick so many field goals on Sunday was just the fact that this was a Broncos team that had a little bit of a boom-bust type look to it. And uh, I I really want to zero in on Drew Locke on this podcast because, of course, we're all looking at the quarterback, right? We're all trying to, you know, give our thoughts, opinions, zero in, and uh, what is making this guy tick, why he is so good, why he is making the mistakes that he is. If you look at Drew Locke's box score, just the box score alone, you're going to see a number that you don't like. But this is why box score reading is not a quality way of breaking down a quarterback's stat line. Drew Locke, 10 for 24, 189, two interceptions, did not throw a touchdown. He was sacked twice. But then you start to consider all the drops that were made, including arguably four of them that could have been four scores. Uh, Jerry Judy had a drop. Albert Okawebana had a drop. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton down that right sideline on a beautiful deep ball also had drops. You start to consider what the Denver quarterback's offensive stat box, if you want to call it, the box score looks like if those catches are made because those are fairly routine catches hits him in the hands now all of a sudden you say okay well maybe he's you know and again this is all if but candy nuts i got it but maybe it's 15 to 24 290 yards three touchdowns and two interceptions now now all of a sudden oh man drew lock had a pretty impressive day he was throwing the football a lot your narrative changes completely so and and one thing that i do want to uh, really hammer home particularly with Drew Locke is that you got to remember that this kid has only played a handful of games and I know that some the the haters they're going to look around and say well it's not a good excuse he's a pro quarterback no no it is it is because the NFL is a very complex game and Rome wasn't built in a day and it's unfortunate because Drew Locke is always going to get uh propped up next to his division rival and of course that being Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs everybody's going to look at Drew Locke and say wow his stat line needs to look like Patrick Mahomes's and and that's unfair and that's unfortunate because you know Patrick Mahomes is this generational talent all right a somebody an individual who sometimes you just can't replicate and you understand that Drew Locke is not going to put up those kind of numbers or that kind of stat line. That It's just out of this world what Patrick Mahomes is. The Kansas City Chiefs hit a complete home run with Patrick Mahomes, and so it's not fair to prop him up against that and change your your standard, if you will. Now, maybe your expectation changes, but when it comes to your expectation and changing, I think a win-loss more than anything is way more important than that, and the fact of the matter is is that Drew Locke is basically 5-2. and two. I know on the stat sheet he's 5-3, and three, but let's be honest. He threw five passes against Pittsburgh. He really shouldn't be credited with that loss. Uh, they were. He's basically a 5-2 and two quarterback so far in his career. Now, when you look at Locke and how he is throwing the football, where he is throwing the football, uh, you like what you see. When you watch the tape, tight spiral, a lot of velocity, catch maybe more than anything, catchable balls, and particularly in uh, many cases, balls that only the wide receiver can catch. 
Okay. Now I know I'm sounding very positive here and we're going to get to the negatives. Okay. Cause the negatives are coming and there's a couple of them, but I want to start with the positive because Drew Locke does a lot of this with guys coming in at him, the pass rush coming in on the run. And this is very impressive because a lot of young quarterbacks don't have the ability to dissect multiple things at multiple times while still remaining accurate at the regular thing that they do. And when I say dissect, I mean reading the defense, reading the coverage, understanding where the blitzes are coming. This is a very difficult thing to do when you ask people to do it in a, you know, two, three second window. Okay. And oh, by the way, you've got 250 pound behemoths running straight at you, trying to drill you into the grass. So it's not the easiest thing to do. And yet Drew Locke does this a lot more efficiently, I think, than people give him credit. Now, there are times where Locke locks on, all puns intended, I guess, uh, to a certain individual. And that's where we start to see the cons. And I think we saw that a lot against New England. We saw the idea that. Well, maybe a little bit of a buddy-buddy connection between him and his college tight end, Albert Okawebuna, led to a little bit more of a overemphasized to try to get this guy the football. I want to see Drew Locke spread it out. I want to see Drew Locke take the best option. If that best option is Albert Okawebuna five out of five times, fine. There were times in that New England game where he forced the football to Okawebuna and just simply put, wasn't the most ideal situation to go there, wasn't the most ideal option when you could just simply pick up a third down, particularly on third and short. And Denver showed a lot of aggression in third and short. Uh, it was interesting to see that game plan put together by Pat Shermer. And to an extent, you like the aggression. You really do. I really like a football team that wants to go down the field and attack even when they know they're the underdog, even when they're on the road. You know, this is this is a Broncos football team that uh, I don't want to say they're playing with house money or nothing to lose, but it's kind of the mentality, right? Is that you got a chip on your shoulder, nobody thinks you can win, and this is a football team that's just going out there and playing schoolyard ball. They got no, you know, uh, playoff, uh, I, I guess, real standard that um, is being pushed on them right now. Everybody kind of understands that this is a young football team and they're just going through the motions and look, Drew Locke on top of that coming back from a shoulder injury. So I, I don't think it's uh, the worst thing in the world when you start to see a quarterback say, you know what, no, we're going to go right back to the game plan. We're going to go right down the field. We're going to push the ball downfield into the jaws of the New England Patriots defense and we're going to show no fear. And I really like that. But on top of that, that leads to certain decision-making that simply put, you got to get better on. Now, the communication with the wide receivers, Tim Patrick and uh, Locke on that interception, a different story where the bad comes in is that deep ball interception that Drew Locke pushed down the field. Uh, you know, a questionable play call, and I know everybody wants to talk about the play call because, you know, simply put, uh, you know, it's, you got the opportunity to milk the clock. You start to think about situational football. You want to burn some time off. Why are we throwing deep? You know, that's that's the immediate thought process of the Denver Broncos. Because, boy, that second half, as far as eating the clock, staying on the field in general, not very good. I'm going to flash you back to their uh, fifth to last drive. These are the final five drives. 
okay? Their first one ended in a field goal. Four plays, six yards, a minute 31 off the clock. Their second one, third. Also, well, no points. Punts. Three plays, zero yards, buck 29. Three plays, four yards, buck 40. Interception on the fifth one. That was the first one that was uh, to Tim Patrick on the miscommunication. Five plays, 22 yards, three minutes off the clock. The second one, of course, the deep ball interception that uh, was just simply put, it was just not a good throw. It was not a, des- a good decision. It was intended for Tim Patrick. Uh, it was intercepted on the first play of the game. And then you have the kneel down. You can't close games like this and expect to win 10 times out of 10. In fact, it almost came back and bit them. Uh, New England started to score points. Uh, they put up nine in the fourth quarter. Thankfully for Denver, they didn't put up the you know, 16 that would have won them the game. The Denver defense stands tall and forces a uh, incompletion on that safety blitz on fourth down against Cam Newton to end the game. So if you're Drew Locke, I, I think you can look at this and you can say, wow, this is terrific. Uh, you know, you, you, you can learn a lot of things while still getting the win. And yeah, and that is true, but there is a lot to learn. I want to turn to a former quarterback next to talk about some of the things that the young wide, the young quarterbacks are dealing with. And I think Drew Locke, while not named exactly in this clip, this 100% applies to him. So we're going to get to that next. But first, I do want to tell you about my betting friends over there at DraftKings because, of course, hey, uh, football, it's a little bit more fun when you got a little skin in the game, right? And hopefully you had a chance to get some skin in the game in Week 7 because, well, that is done and gone. Now we're moving to Week 7. And, of course, no better place than to get in on the action with our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And, of course, to add to the excitement, DraftKings is bringing in back that can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, here's the deal. Go on your iPhone or Android or whatever you got. Of course, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download that app. It's our DraftKings Sportsbook friends. Head to the App Store. Download it because DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when signing up using the promo code MHS. Now, it's very important that you use the promo code MHS, and we appreciate all our listeners who have uh, already so far. Some of you reached out on Twitter. I appreciate that, and uh, hopefully you win some moolah with our friends over there at DraftKings Sportsbook. Endless ways for you to bet, from live betting, betting on your favorite players. You know me. I've talked about it on the podcast. I love my parlays. Now, of course, don't worry. If football is for, isn't for you, DraftKings, MMA fans, baseball fans there's so many different things to bet on DraftKings and of course hey uh, safe secure reliable keep your money in your little pool and then once the next season rolls around for many of the different sports you are ready to go download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use the promo code MHS when you sign up again MHS is the promo code stands for mile high sports when you sign up to get up to $1,000 that's promo code MHS to sign up to get a bonus of $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings sportsbook Got to be 21 or older and in Colorado only. Bonuses comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So we mentioned this former quarterback with the uh, clip that I want to play because I think this is a terrific way to uh, understand how young quarterbacks 
our thinking, and then more than anything, how you can possibly remedy that situation. I don't think it's a big problem right now that Drew Locke is locking on to guys because I do see him uh, surveying field. In fact, I think his progression from one to two is quite excellent. It's the two to three that I think he sometimes... A, hesitates to, B, there's a little bit of a hitch, C, just simply doesn't get there because the offensive line is starting to to break down. There is a, a lot to like from what you've seen early from Drew Locke, but certainly a little bit that could be better. So this is Dan Orlovsky, and yes, this is the Dan Orlovsky you remember and maybe you love from the Detroit Lions. He ran out the back of the end zone and all that, and, and quite frankly, he was a below-average quarterback. But I got to say, Dan Orlovsky as a analyst now, uh, working for ESPN, I believe, just terrific. He truly is one of the best minds on social media giving a, and Dan Orlovsky seven is his Twitter handle uh, truly some of the best insight from a guy who played the position uh, I, I think Dan is is probably a really good example of somebody who may be better a teacher than a player um, and, and sometimes this is natural with humans that, that that doesn't make him any great or less of a um, you know of a football mind uh, but he is terrific as an analyst and so he had some uh, thoughts on the young quarterbacks. And again, he doesn't name Drew Locke particularly in this, but I think this 100% applies to a guy well, like Drew Locke. Are an experience or a story that I want to share with everyone. So kind of the theme that's showing itself on tape with a bunch of the young quarterbacks in the NFL. This was Haskins when he was playing. This is Baker Mayfield right now. It's a little bit of Kyler Murray. And it really just hit home watching Daniel Jones' tape is they're so committed to throwing to number one in their progression. Like, they know what their play is. They get to the line of scrimmage, have a feel of what the defense is, and it's like I'm, the, the ball should be going to that guy, and it's number one. And, and you'll see hitch, 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 and eyes staring at number one. They will not get to a second or third option. And it brought me to the, the thought process of when I was with Sean McVay and Jared Goff, their first year in 2017. And Sean is great at calling plays, and number one gets open a bunch in Jared's progression. And Sean realized that when that happens, Jared's going to be fine. Like, that he, he's going to operate that stuff really well. But Jared was struggling getting to number two or number three in the progression. And so what Sean did was get ahead of it. He would script plays in practice, and he would tell the scout team defense, like, hey, this is number one in the progression. Take that guy away. I want you guys to take that guy away to force Jared to get to two or to get to three in the progression. Every single play, he would script full practices, the whole practice, would be geared on getting Jared to work to number two, number three, even number four. Now, Jared had absolutely no clue that this was going on, but Sean wanted to get ahead of it because he realized how important it was. He knew that when one was there, it was going to be fine, but how important it was to get him to be trained to get his feet and his eyes to two, to get his feet and his eyes to number three and work through, through those progressions. And I think a lot of the coaching staffs need to get that done for some of these young quarterbacks. I, mean, I want more of that with Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. You want to see more of that with Daniel Jones and the New York Giants because they're so committed to throwing to number one that they don't even try to get to number two or to number three. Something that needs to change for the young quarterbacks. So again, that's Dan Orlovsky. You can find him on Twitter, Dan Orlovsky7 on Twitter. And again, he's a terrific follow and a great mind. 
uh, working in the NFL world right now. And I totally agree with him on the idea that, look, it's the young quarterback locking on. And it's very, it's human nature, right, to, you know, understand that, hey, in a pressure situation, I'm going to turn to my guy that I can deal with and, and, kind of lean that way lock on you know when you when you got a project at the office what are you going to do you're going to pull your best guy and you're going to say okay you're my guy okay yeah i need you to complete this project and i trust you because i know that you can get the job done it's the same concept in football is drew lock's going to turn to his guy that he trusts on that certain situation say look you got the matchup i don't got a lot of time they're blitzing i'm throwing up a ball and i need you to go get it and I think Drew Locke has a lot of that trust with a lot of these guys, from Tim Patrick to Noah Fant, obviously with Cortland Sutton. And I think there's some just straight-up inbred, already baked-in trust with Albert Okawebana because of their time together in Missouri. And, you know, Noah Fant being out, I, th I think Drew Locke probably wanted to get his guy that first career touchdown, and unfortunately Okawebana dropped a couple of them, and uh, that's on Albert. But certainly put, this is a, a, a pro with a con it's not the worst con in the world because you know what? Honestly, again, you know, if you're, if you're locking on to Albert Okawebana, but he's winning his matchups and you're and he's just a guy who's just simply put, putting the defense in a spin cycle and getting them to work real hard. Well then, yeah, maybe he is the best matchup and maybe he is the best option. You just don't want it to be a crutch. You don't want it to be, to be leaned on because we saw this in the past with some Bronco quarterbacks and they start to lock on to guys. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're not going through your progressions, you're not going through your reads, and it's third and two, and you start to see these erratic throws or these, these throw, you know, the, the big thing that is a very tall uh, telltale is throwing deep into double coverage versus taking the check down. You know, that's that's a good way to look at the idea of, well, is this guy really looking through all his progressions throughout the field, or is he just forcing the football to a guy? Uh, he's ignoring who's covering him. He's ignoring the positioning. He's ignoring the setup. He's just simply put letting it fly. So uh, instead of checking and taking it uh, and checking it down and understanding that, you know what, live to play another down. You know, and, and honestly, even uh, even if it's third down and you got a punt, you know, that's that's the way it is. You're not going to score a touchdown on every single drive. It is a marathon, not a sprint. And a lot of times the young quarterbacks, they, they tend to be a little bit more fearless, understanding that, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I want to get my feet wet and I want to I want to throw some deep touchdowns and this and that. It is a progression. It is a progress, and uh, certainly Drew Locke remains a work in progress. But you know what? When you can learn from the game, even in a loss, I find that the most valuable thing possible for a Denver football team. I also want to get to the second point, maybe uh, the better one made by Dan Orlovsky in that clip. CC Pat Shermer on that email. Huh? Let's do that. Let's take away the top option for Drew Locke in practice and make him go through those reads and understand. And you know what? Maybe take away the second one and make him survey the field and understand that, okay, one's not there, two's not there, 
Let, we, they took him away. I got to go to three. And you know what? Three may have the opportunity. And you know what? Even if the result in practice is a bad one, at least you now understand that Drew Locke is going through the progressions. He says, okay, on that drop back, one, he ain't there. Two, he ain't there. Okay, three, I'm going to let it fly. And, and that's where you start to see him get used to that. And he does that more. And then he starts to play faster. And now it just becomes a natural rhythm with him that by the time he's at the back of his drop back, he is through two into three. And now you've got the quick decision. Now you've got the great understanding that this kid, it can let it fly to his best option. And this makes the offensive line better. This makes the defense, simply put, they can't, come after the quarterback uh, those pass rushers get a little bit nullified because you got a quarterback who's throwing the football in 1.5 two seconds you know this is this is huge for the entire offense and this is why the quarterback position is just such a valuable one you know because it it affects so much of the pro progression production the value and the overall effectiveness of a offense. So I want to hear your thoughts on Drew Locke so far. This kid has uh, certainly shown some good. He has shown some bad, uh, you know, through his career games, you know, and, and particularly for 2020, you know, it's too small of a sample size right now, but this is a quarterback who, you know, right now, five and two, again, we're, I'm going to take the Pittsburgh game out of there. He threw five passes. And quite frankly, that loss wasn't on him. But we're looking at a quarterback who's, you know, his completion percentage career-wise in the low 60s, eight touchdowns, five interceptions. But more than anything, I think you're looking at a quarterback who is a playmaker and somebody who is starting to grow. And boy, does he have some weapons around him. And the hope is that these guys can grow together and become maybe something special for the Denver Broncos on offense in a year or two. Too, but certainly health plays a part of that, and Denver's got to get healthy on offense. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated sports book. We appreciate you tuning in. Of course, if you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe. Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, MileHighSports.com, many of the great locations that you can find this podcast. Take it on the go. If you uh, have any questions, thoughts, you can, of course, uh, tweet me at Ronnie K Radio on Twitter. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. And, of course, at MileHighSports.com. Or you can email Ronnie K at MileHighSports.com. That's Ronnie K at MileHighSports.com. Com. All done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. Of course, a podcast from Mile High Sports. You can find more info on the Denver Broncos, whether written or previous archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit MileHighSports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.